If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, And this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Aid. Hi, Tane. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. The sun is out. The sun is shining. 72 (laughs) degrees outside. (laughs) Welcome to episode nine. We're we're trudging along. Are we? We're not halfway. We are halfway. They just released a mid-season trailer. That's how I knew we were halfway. On all shows, I hate the mid-season trailer. I'm like, what's the point of this? (laughs) To hold your interest. (laughs) (laughs) You you have my interest. You know, you know you don't have to do anything all right do we have any housekeeping for this week all righty guys for this week um we will get you a snippet of our australia patreon episode before next week as usual if you'd like to hear the full episode if you enjoy what you hear you can go on patreon.com at patreon.com slash alter call m-a-f-s we are also taking under advisement whether we should keep on covering unfiltered and couples camp To make your voice heard, we'll be posting a poll on our Instagram. So feel free to go find us on Instagram, uh, AlterCallMAFS. And uh, let us know if you'd like us to keep on covering those two shows. Yeah. So for this week, we won't be doing Couples Cam, um, but we will, Tane will be doing a social media roundup. So what happened on social media this week? A lot, eh? A lot. I couldn't keep up. I mean... First of all, let us start with a comment that Mindy, if you remember from a previous season, left. A lot of people have been asking why Chris and Paige are still filming. And everyone's like, they were being threatened and they have to get a paycheck. I mean, we've also had our own theories. But I'll read verbatim what she said. It was a comment on a post. And she said, participation does not mean staying with your spouse. I was able to leave my marriage early without breaking my contract, of course, still being available for filming. I, all caps, don't support staying in an unhealthy marriage, but there is so much time and money that goes into all shows like this. They can't give everyone a free pass to just walk away. From experience, I was never threatened to pay damages for leaving Zach as long as I agreed to be available for filming, mostly not with Zach with the exception of Decision Day and Reunion. Pretty much answers the question, right, Aid? Yes. They have to keep on filming, but with who and why and what is really up in the air. You can just be filming. Just film something for us. 
Yeah, I think the producers really earned their paycheck in finding up scenarios, as we found out this week. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so basically they have to keep on filming because it's a show and, you know, they find alternate ways. I, I can understand that because, again, it's, uh, it's entertainment for us, but for some people it's their job, you know, so I guess it keeps it going in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, in other news, there is a new spinoff. Um, a, did you hear about this? <laughs> I saw a press release, but that's about it. Um, the spinoff is called Maths on Matchables. I see this headed the 90 Day Fiance route where we are going to drag the show to the ground, stretch it thin <laughs> as much as we can. So the whole idea is people who apply to be on the show and they didn't get matched and the experts are going to help them. It, I don't know if it's to find someone exactly or just improve their dating life. And this trailer, first of all, it was not, it didn't look interesting to me. I haven't even decided if I'm going to watch it. I don't know if you are aid or we might just check it out. <laughs> and I will commit to uh, a couple episodes, but I ain't com- no, no, no. <laughs> but my gripe is we are begging, we are pleading for the experts to show, give us some time on the actual math show, but they have time to do a spinoff for unmatchables, but our couples cannot get, you know, some time. What is that about? Mm-mm-mm. No support. No FaceTime calls that we see. Just married at first sight unmatchables. That, that's what the experts, <laughs> I guess, are here for. So, yes, I guess I get another spinoff to check out. And lastly, um, we posted this on our IG. Um, Chris spoke about the miscarriage that Mercedes suffered sometime in October last year. Um, Aid, what do you think about this? Um, as well, I mean, I assume that Chris put this out there because I know last week on the show, I was like, I don't know if she was ever pregnant. And I assume that he was tired of that speculation. So he, you know, wanted to tell his side of the story. And it is very sad um i mean his post is about his sadness um and their sadness about suffering this loss even after he posted that there were people who still doubted but i think at this point if someone comes out and says we had a miscarriage you know tries to in their own way provide like proof it's kind of immoral to suggest that they are lying yeah yeah it's one of those cases where it's just better to Air on the safe on the safe side. I don't think they're lying. Um, but if they are, and you, you know, people are out there kind of like speculating. You know, that's the kind of thing where it's on them, not on those of us who are like sympathizing and and taking them at their word. So yeah. I just don't think it's worth it as a human being to start speculating. Yeah, yeah, and that is pretty much. Well, I have one more thing. If we're interested, um, Michael from the DC season is engaged. Yes. <laughs> and then today, did you see he posted this like apology to Mika? Oh no, I didn't. Oh my God. It's a whack apology. <laughs> oh my God. It is whack. <laughs> they really need to just keep it moving. Like <laughs> everyone just keep it moving. Just act like it didn't happen. But, I mean, good on him for apologizing, I guess. It, it was one of the most low-budget, <laughs> low-effort, sad little apologies I've ever seen. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got. 
for the roundup this week. Thank you. Let's get into this week's episode. We start with Haley and Jacob. Um, we start at Haley's home for some reason. Uh, did I miss that? I don't know why we were at her house. Uh, it's a new thing, but actually I really liked it. Yeah, we saw a lot of people's homes um, this episode. And she's with her friends. And they talk about the housewarming party. Lauren says it's important for them to get to know Jake. And she got a better, better understanding of him. She asks how they are. And Haley says that they're doing pretty good and they're understanding each other. Then she proceeds to tell them that the previous night, he asked her if she was physically attracted to him. We get to see like a, not a night cam, like a security cam, you know, position somewhere. We see them talking about it. And her answer is, I don't know right now. What a huge yikes. <laughs> that overhead camera is creepy. It's very creepy. It feels like they should be doing something wrong. They were just having a conversation and it just seems like they're doing something wrong when they're not. Um, he's pretty calm about it and tells her he just wanted to clarify because if there's no physical attraction, then he doesn't think they have a shot. She tells them that she, when she walked down the aisle, she was middle of the road, not unattractive, but I don't know if I'm attracted to him. I'm like, that was three weeks ago, though. And also, why did she say they're doing pretty good and then laid all of this? What is the pretty good part? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's still going. Once again, she blames Vegas for pushing the attraction away. It really gets me irritated when she says that because... It's not Vegas. Vegas, that fight that they had just gave her a reason, but she was already feeling all these things before that. Mm-hmm, because it, as you said, it started <laughs> when they slept together. Yeah. <laughs> so. But she won't say that, which honestly is kind of her. Well, I mean, I guess what I think about that is I do agree that I think like maybe the sex was so bad, but for someone who keeps going on and on about wanting to try, we'll have sex again. Sometimes the first time is awkward. So just have sex again and confirm or deny. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so, you know, so um, Jake is like, I'll take that as a no, that you're not attracted to me. And I'm not sure where we go from here. So she thinks attraction can grow, and Lauren asks her if she thinks she can be in a marriage and grow to love and like the person without physical attraction. And then we get the worst edit of awkward silences of her just bobbing her head, and you know they just cut and paste that scene because it was just weird with their weird music that they play all the time. So basically, we got no answer. So Haley says that their conversation about attraction was uncomfortable, but it needed to be had but she can't imagine being on the other end. So she wanted to do something for him and show him that she's willing to try. So, <laughs> and her version of trying is she got him some clothes that aren't from the eighties. So maybe she could build chemistry and spark for her. What kind of backhanded? <laughs> I'm like, who gave you this terrible idea? Backhanded, showing I can try, you dress awful, get out of the 80s, I'm sick of you, gesture is this. <laughs> Was Jake supposed to think that, like, if I put on these gap clothes, this woman will then be attracted to me? I was, I was very confused. Because I knew full well that no change of clothes was going to, he looked hot, by the way, was going <laughs> to get her 
longer attracted to him. There was nothing. I was about to say, like, he doesn't even dress bad because he had like a polo. It was a Tommy Hilfiger polo. But then I remember the first episode where I shaded his jeans. So maybe just get him a nice pair of jeans. But he really doesn't look that bad. This is just weird to me. So he gives her a fashion show. He indulges her. Good for Jake on that. And I noticed that she mostly got him blue clothes. Did you notice that? Yes, I did. Yeah. Maybe it's his color because it looked good on him. It did. It did. And he says that he's not used to anyone buying him clothes unless it's his birthday or Christmas. And they cheers to that. They drink a lot. That's something else I picked up on in this episode. Like, it's not just Virginia. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, he does tell us that it was a nice gesture and nice clothes. No, he's telling her. But, um, I don't know. Awkward silence. First of many in this episode. And she asks, you don't know what? And he goes, I mean, once again, you are not attracted to me, but are you willing to develop something beyond friendship? We don't know what we don't know. And, you know, I get where Jake is coming from, but he just sounds like a broken record at this point. What do you think? <laughs> Honestly, scenes like that is why I watch this show. <laughs> this is the most awkward, painful conversation where he's basically not asking, but wondering. So now that I've put on these clothes that you picked, are you going to be attracted to me? But he's smart enough to know that the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Painful. Well, and they're, like, so far away from each other. Like, could you yeah. be any further apart? <laughs> oh, man. This is oh, just- it hurts to watch someone be rejected because it it, it's painful. But this is also, you know, the entertainment value of this show. Yeah. It is, especially because he's not a dick. Yeah. That would make it worse. But it's just like, she can't give a tangible reason. And she just keeps beating around the bush. And I don't know. And he just keeps trying. Is he too pushy? Like, does he need to back off? That is the question I ask myself a lot. Because on one hand, I do appreciate that he just comes right out and asks. And he has to do it because I don't think Haley would do it. So he's in his own way trying to be like, Cut the bullshit. Like, what are you doing? But she's not taking the bait. And she keeps saying, I want to try. And he's just calling off off on the bullshit. But at some point later down, I do think he needs to relax just to prove her wrong or right. Because she keeps saying she needs time. So maybe if he actually just don't say anything, give her all the things she's asking for. And then when nothing changes, you can be like, see, you know, nothing's changed. You know, I don't know. But Haley's annoyed that he brings it up again and points out that he is not giving her a chance to potentially build a connection. But how long? I wonder how long it was since the conversation about the attraction, because that's a good point. If they had it the night before, I mean, dude, give her more time. It's not going to happen overnight, so I don't know. Um, He brings up the night before, so definitely it wasn't the night before, because this is yet another night. No, Where, no, I thought it was the night before. That's what I thought, too. But I'm like, the night before, the whole premise of this argument is that she wasn't home. So Yeah, yeah. His thing was that they had the conversation, and then she left to go give him space after the conversation. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. So he brings up the night before where she says she's going to hang out with Paige, and we see a flashback of both of them 
at 12.30 a.m. just saying the experts got it right, which actually kind of pissed me off. This is not married at best friend site. Like, let, <laughs> I know you guys get along, but that's not what we're here for. Make a connection with your husband. Paige, I understand, but that's why she shouldn't be filming. She's taking away time. If she wasn't there, Haley might be at home with Jake. <laughs> so he didn't know if she was coming back and he was hoping she would come back so they could talk. Haley was like, I can't read minds. And he should have said something. He said, well, I kind of did. About 11 p.m., I kind of sent a joking text. I think he just wants her to want to be with him, which is not <laughs> a, tall, a tall order. They have a lot of miscommunications via text about what people said and what people's plans were and what is girls' night. It, this is now a recurring theme. And I can't tell if she is less than forthcoming or if he doesn't seem to understand that, like, he might need to be a little bit more direct about what it is he's asking. Like, what did that text at 11 say? Why did she think that you shouldn't expect her home and you thought that you should expect her home? This is, like, the really basic communications. Yeah. She said she was giving him space and didn't know his expectations. He should have just said it and she would have come home. He said if he did, she probably would have been combative. She gets annoyed that he has spun a whole narrative and it's pissing her off. I do think she has legs to stand on on this. Jake does spin narratives. Like this man sits down, <laughs> writes a script, executes, directs, produces, and just gives her the script. So I get it. He's been cheated on and he's being triggered like all, a lot of the men on the show this season. And she's right in that part. But I also agree that he's right. If he had read it up that way, she still would have found something. Oh my God, this is painful. Aid, I know you said it's entertainment value. I'm not here for this. I, it was not fun <laughs> watching them. It was fun, but where else in your <laughs> life will you see such a thing? <laughs> and then he says it's a problem in itself that she doesn't realize that he was mad. And that's what happens when you haven't been in a relationship for so long, eh? I actually gasped. My husband asked, what's wrong? I was like, ooh. And then he goes, what happened? <laughs> and he goes, she's not ready for this. That was uh, kind of a low blow, Jake. But I know he's frustrated. Still doesn't make it okay. It's a problem, uh, actually. Because it's easier to say she wasn't ready for this than to say she's not attracted to me. But he can only go off of what she's what she, she's saying. He keeps saying, if you're not attracted to me, just say it. She has in roundabout way, but she says, but I'm still willing to try. Well, how are you trying? How is Haley trying, actually? I don't think she's doing much. <laughs> exactly. So she says all these things, but nothing is happening. So she says she's signed up and is ready, but she can't just jump in and be in love with him and she needs more time and Jake is just unrelenting. He just thinks she doesn't want to go through the process vulnerable. And if she wants to go through um, the process, maybe have a friend at the end and be divorced, they can keep doing this. And I was like, you guys are not going to be friends, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's nothing. Like, I, I, sometimes I think she's even embarrassed to be by his side. Um, she says she's not attracted to him, but doesn't think she... He said that you're not attracted to me, but I don't even think that you want to be attracted to me. Honestly, Jacob also has his own issues. Uh, like, you're combining all these things together, and it's like running around in circles. No one's getting anywhere. Everyone's saying the same thing, and 
you know, that's it. Um, I, I'm just taking a break here to say that at the commercial, it was very nice to see Keith and Christine in an ad, even though it was a Nexium ad, but you know, yay, Keith and Christine. Yeah, make that <laughs> <laughs> I fast forwarded through it. I never actually watched it, but I was like, Keith and Christine, Nexium commercial, so cool. <laughs> They move on because this week's um, homework from the experts who refused to show up, so they sent snail mail uh, at their door, is questions, you know, for them to go deeper and ask themselves and, you know, learn more about themselves. So the first question for them was, what will make you fall in love? Haley says, uh, what throwing love around? That's a lot because everything is a lot for Haley. I mean... Your hair looks nice. Oh, calm down with the compliments. I can't take it. That's a lot. So, <laughs> and um, she asked him, have you ever fallen in love before? And was it more about the actions or the person? He says, um, yes. And it was more like attraction and then caring for their needs. And then he goes on to say, he's not an action guy. And this is all with a straight face, guys. I don't buy flowers. I don't do all that. <laughs> Less external, more personal. What do you think about that part? Because <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting. I, I feel like it's very bold to come out and say you <laughs> you don't do traditional romantic gestures. I know. He's like, I'm like, are you trying to get her to leave you? <laughs> like, I'm not that kind of guy, <laughs> as a matter of fact. So um she talks about her relationship he asked like you know how about you know you in your relationship she says her relationship was loving um but she felt like she did more so um the red flag is that now because of that relationship she sees red flags and she shuts down but who knows she was young maybe it wasn't love and jake is like yeah if i was a gambling man i'll say that you were because this relationship seemed to have deeply wounded you. I'm just like, Jake. <laughs> no matter what, though, I actually think that is good for her to know. Like, whatever happens with Jake or whatever, I'm glad someone said that to her. Yeah. That, that this relationship has, it, it hurts you. Yeah, it's like stunted you, <laughs> relationship-wise. He tells us that they both signed up to find a right fit. He can't break her guard, except, oh, he's telling her, I'm sorry. He can't break her guard except maybe jumping out of a plane. And, you know, he never smiles. He says everything with a straight face. And I'm like, this is a joke. And I laughed like 10 seconds after because I thought he was actually saying something serious until <laughs> I found out that it was a joke. Um, she, tells, she tells him that she didn't like dating before and she wants to be married but she wants them to put everything in the past behind and just be light and just have fun and get to know each other, which I do think is a fair ask, you know? So, because if it is intense for her and this is too much, then we'll keep everything light. What do you have to lose? Because at this point, you're already headed for divorce. So, <laughs> so in the spirit of keeping things light, Jake is throwing a pool party at his home, this famous home that's been talked about a lot. Um, they get there and they're going through the drinks and she tells him, of course, again, they drank a lot this episode. She tells him that he has to be iced. And it's just hilarious to me that I went my whole life not knowing what iced was. <laughs> Thanks <to> maths. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> um, it seems so pointless. Like, <laughs> why did someone come up with an actual verb for like taking a knee and 
chugging a drink. Why can't you just chug the drink and stand up straight? Well, I, I don't know. That's true. I don't know, because I the first time I heard it, I thought it was like the Captain Morgan thing, but they're doing Smart Off Ice. So I don't know what the correlation is, but yeah, I'm sure someone's going to tell us. But yeah. um, Haley says that Eric and Virginia have fun together and seeing how far other couples have gone is a struggle for both of them because I didn't realize, but then we find out that the rest of the couples are coming. Cause when they said pool party, I was like more friends and family, but it's just for the couples. So they tell them about the clothes and how she got in clothes. And then the women separate to talk about it. They go on a tour um, of the house and talk about their marriage. Virginia is telling Haley how she did all this work around the house when he was away and he didn't notice. And they talked about not feeling appreciated, but generally they're fine and just adjusting to each other. Haley updates Virginia and how there's no fun and they just argue all the time. And that was it. They went back outside and Ryan and Clara come in. Ryan had a Black Lives Matter shirt and... Brie comes by herself because Benny had something to do. So Brie's telling us um, how Haley and Jacob had a rough start and it would have been really easy to shut down, but she commends her for trying. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I just love when the narration doesn't match the story. You're like, what is Brianna talking about? Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what she saw. I mean, they don't get to see confessionals, right? And the ins and outs is just what... I mean, remember at the beginning of the episode, Haley's telling her friends, things are going pretty good, and obviously <laughs> it's bad stuff. Or Ryan and Clara saying they're so alike that they wonder what differences they have and always see the differences. So I don't know. It's like an alternate world. <laughs> um, Virginia is sitting on Eric's legs and, you know, just being comfortable and all the people. Paige is also um, around who's freaked out by Jacob's dogs. <laughs> that was funny. Um... She tells them that the marriage is done, but oh no, she tells us that the marriage is done, but she has a relationship with the wives, so she's just around to have a good time with them. Um, Clara asks Paige how she's doing. She update, updates them with how she sat down with the ex-fiance and Chris, and then goes, plot twist, he reached out and wants to have a conversation with me. And guys, I want to bottle up the faces of Clara, <laughs> Bree. <laughs> Bree's face, man. <laughs> Because Brie was not having Brie was just like, what? <laughs> I can not see Brie's mind working. Just like, what can I say? What do I say that's not like what I'm actually feeling? What can I say? <laughs> Brie's telling us that um, she, uh, he's playing games and it's so hard to watch that like, you can't do this to people. Clara tells her to her face, like, I'm having whiplash, like with the back and forth. Like, wh what is going on? Virginia asks, okay, everything aside, the baby, the baby mother, how do you feel about him? Do you have a connection to the man? And Paige, our dearly beloved Paige, says, whatever the good Lord presents to me that morning is what I'm going to be led by. And she Clara, did not answer the question, though. Does she ever? She's no. a machine. And I think the answer is really important because... Before there was a baby, before there was Mercedes, they had issues. Yes. Yes. In their three days of marriage. Yeah. And even the wedding day, you forget we forget that she said that there wasn't a connection. Remember she was telling her bridesmaids 
that, you know, there wasn't a connection, that he didn't seem to be fully there. It's like she skipped all of that, and now this drama took control of everything, and it's just, oh, it's just weird. But Clara is all of us because she's like, it's frustrating to see your friend keep trying at a situation that no one would be trying at. Uh-huh. I, mm-hmm, I feel her pain. Been there, done that. So Haley says, the last few days were reset, and it has been relaxed. Um, that was the end of the party, I'm sorry. And then we see her and Jacob go out to eat. And she asks him his craziest story. And he says, I can't repeat that. I'm like, do you want people to come after me? And I just wondered, what could it be? I thought his craziest story was the pink song thing that they talked about on the honeymoon. I was like, wait, is there another craziest story? That's true. Well, I guess there's another one. Um, hers was running with the bulls and he, she tells the story of how she tried to live in Australia, got a visa and all, and it didn't work out. And I wonder what happened there. I don't know why she didn't get into details, but I wonder what happened. Um, she asked him where he would want to travel to and without skipping a beat, he's like, Texas. And then played that clown music, like, (laughs) (laughs) and then he says, I also want to go to Prague. Um, she tells us that she likes getting to know him. And Jake cracks a joke. Better be careful because before you know it, you might be comfortable with me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I didn't think that was that funny, but okay. <laughs> it was funny to me because he's the way he delivers it. Yeah. Did you notice that on the dinner date, he wore one of her new shirts that she bought him? Yes, absolutely. I did notice that. That's good on him. That's a nice, nice gesture. I think the dinner was supposed to show us that they could have conversations that weren't heavy and deep and about their relationship and just talk to each other. So I guess that's good for them to try. But, you know, those two are doomed. They're very, very doomed. Like I said, I stick to what I said. I think she's a true villain. Like, I don't I don't know what's going on, but it's not fun. They're just uncomfortable all the time. Jake is trying so hard. She's trying not at all. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Any more thoughts on the two of them? Nope. All done. All right. On to Clara and Ryan. So we meet them at the beginning that they're doing pottery. They're at a pottery studio. She says she loves to craft. The more stressed she is, the more she crafts. He is like, I'm looking forward to the crafting life. He likes doing activities with her. So they work on these little mugs and his mug comes out prettier than hers. (laughs) And you can see her getting a little bit frustrated that she's supposed to be the crafter and he has a better mug, but it's not a big deal. And Ryan talks about being a perfectionist. Then they talk about where the craft room is going to be in his house. And he said, yeah, it's going to be in the garage. Did you think that was unreasonable? (laughs) Um, Not unreasonable at all, but I understood her disappointment. Um, a craft room means that you have all the craft supplies out in clear storage so you can see all your supplies so you can see what you're going to craft with. It's, it's not like in Tupperware in the garage where you got to pull it all out and like you don't have a space to really craft. So she doesn't love the garage as an option. She kind of says, I was thinking like maybe a she shed. <laughs> and then we see her in an interview and she's like, oh, as far as commitment aspect, I feel more committed than he is. And I'm like, if this is about your this location of your crafting supplies, like, I hope they did some cutting here because where he, his suggestion for where to put your craft supplies is not a big deal. Um, yeah. Then they have a conversation about like her work schedule and when things were normal. She was flying and 
he, you know, he asked some questions and she's like, oh, you know, one weekend a month. And he says, you know, they have very different schedules. And she talks about how she's going to have to teach him how to cook for when she's gone. The strangest thing about this scene is that it was a very normal conversation, but they put in all this like tension filled music. And I was like, that wasn't an intense conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so they're next, they get the same assignment that everybody else gets. Um, the love questions. Clara is very clear. She's like, Ryan is uncomfortable with these questions. <laughs> she doesn't know if it's because he's never been in love, but she says it's cute to watch him all flustered because he's usually so confident and well-spoken. <laughs> so Ryan asks, you know, what can your partner do to help you feel in love? And she says, I need to feel heard. Um, what I, you know, what I, when I express a preference or something like that, um, then you do something that reflects that you were listening to me. Clara also mentioned that she's loved people who are not great for her. So it's a, it's a mixed bag of like her, <laughs> her assessment on feeling in love. Yeah. Ryan says he doesn't trust people. He, in order to feel fall in love, he needs to feel comfortable. And then we see Clara saying like in an interview, our timelines is on Ryan's terms. It's frustrating getting most of what you want and not all of what you want. Well, do you think she meant sex, love, or both? I think she probably ties those two things together. <laughs> you think? Um, yeah, I think so. Because I don't know. Uh, why would you expect love already? It's just three weeks. I know. <laughs> she comes off kind of, like, intense. Um, energy. <laughs> yeah. So... They go to a candlelit donut dinner. Ryan arranged it for her. He's still he's wearing that Black Lives Matter shirt again. Um, I know. I'm wondering the timing. Do you think they went there before the pool party? Maybe or after. I guess maybe. I didn't even notice what she was wearing. If she might have yeah. changed, it was the same thing: the black top and the shorts. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Although I was like, Ryan, if you want to wear a Black Lives Matter shirt every day and let the people know, that is fine by me. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so they go to their candlelit donut dinner and she says she has a huge sweet tooth and she's so happy because she had, you know, she, he knows that she loves donuts and he brought her to this donut dinner. I was so hungry watching them eat these donuts. In fact, this is where I paused to go eat my own dinner because I was so hungry and jealous. <laughs> they look good. <laughs> and um i also thought this is how people can like have a sweet tooth this day skinny she's like oh i'm just gonna take one bite of each donut i'm like who takes one bite of a donut i eat the whole thing Six of them, no problem <laughs> <sighs> she talks about how she ate cookie dough today and she made a joke about how he felt about being the fitness king married to the donut queen and he starts talking about liking broccoli green beans and asparagus and then he asks her her favorite vegetable, and she's like, I'm not a vegetable gal. <laughs> this is this whole conversation as it goes on, it's like Ryan is asking questions, and I don't think he actually means anything by them. Mm -hmm. But her reaction, like, it's triggering. Yeah. He, like, he never said, I want you to eat vegetables. He just said, What's your favorite vegetable? And she's like, I'm not a vegetable gal. Kind of, kind of a little, little testy there. Yeah. And he even, like, in his interview, we see him saying, you know, we like different things. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's, it makes life interesting. Um, 
So then he gets a, a little deep. He's like, what motivates you in life? And she says, it depends. Um, like, in, like in terms of work, bills motivate me. I'm like, girl, me too. <laughs> and then he's like, do you have an internal drive? Like something pushing you to go further? And she says, not particularly. And Ryan is saying, you know, I know my motivation. He's like, not to give social commentary, which I thought was an interesting thing to say. He said, a lot of things have happened in life. And, you know, long before you people laid a path. And he's like, why am I going to the gym? Why am I working out? Like, he does. He feels like he needs to live up, I think, to the people who have laid paths before him. Um, but he says he doesn't think he's a money-motivated person. He's a success-motivated person. And then he repeat. He says a line that, like, is a joke to me. If you love what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I understand people who feel this way. I don't feel that way. <laughs> She's like, I never thought about that. But I really, this is where I'm like, Clara, I really do think he was just sharing himself with you. He was not judging you. I didn't see him judging her. But she got so test. I don't want, like, she wasn't mean or anything. But she's just like, I feel like I came to a motivation seminar. Free donuts if you listen to the motivational talk. Like, he, I didn't sound like he wanted to motivate you. <laughs> I chuckled, like, the way they made it seem like he was being long-winded and just kept going, and she just kept eating donuts. The contrast was just <laughs> But, yeah, I do agree with you. It's the case of when you're two different people, on her end, it's kind of like, relax, man. Like, let's just chill, have donuts. Let's talk about something fun. On his end, this was him trying because it was a nice gesture. He did listen to her. He did get her, you know, to the donuts that she loved so much. And he feels he's sharing a piece of his heart, you know, with him. What motivates me? What does thing? But it's that thing where people think when you're saying what matters to you, they feel like it's a judgment on them. Like, oh, I don't want to drink. That means like you think that I drink too much. Uh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just maybe she was having a bad day. And I, I mean, I'm not taking this, like, too seriously in the grand scheme of their relationship. It's a little bit of actual filler. Like, I don't think anything happened in this episode for them. They didn't get into any huge fights. I think they just kind of had some weird conversations. Yeah, because there was a lot of awkward silences, but I also think they were edited that way. They weren't necessarily, because for all we know, Ryan could have just been like, what, do I sound like a motivation speaker? I didn't mean that at all. And they had a laugh about it, but... That wouldn't be much of an episode, would it? <laughs> we, we have to act like there was... I love how people really hate the music on this show. And I find it very amusing because I... I mean, I don't... Either I don't hear it or I just think it's kind of funny how they, they really pick lyrics that go along with the storyline sometimes. sometimes. I hate but them. in this... <laughs> in this case, the music was to create a mood that they could not create with actual, like, footage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, their music, they do the music to tell you what to feel. Like, I remember in the beginning of Chris and Paige, it'll be like ominous music or R&B music, and I'll be like, oh, God, it's Chris and Paige. I'm fucking <laughs> my pearls. What's next? And then they come, or they have the clown music, then you know, like, Eric is about to say something stupid. So <laughs> it prepares you for what to feel before it even airs. So, <laughs> But, yeah. I don't know what I think about them. Everybody's awkward at this point. That's just how I feel. I don't feel lovey all feelings for anyone. And Clara and Ryan were my people from jump. I know. Everyone's stressing me out. But I think they're on a decent path to success. 
they need to bang it out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, she's in the desert and she needs water. <laughs> And I'm like, it's been three weeks. <laughs> but maybe it's the whole comparing yourself to other couples kind of. I feel like that adds a little bit more pressure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. We'll move on to Eric and Virginia. So Eric is on a work trip. And it's interesting to see. He's in, he was in our hood, A. Eh? Did you notice that? I did. I saw the Washington Monument in the background. I was like, <laughs> it's with us. <laughs> So on the bright side, Virginia does say it is weird not having him around and she's excited to see him tomorrow, even though she says she needs space, but okay. They come back and they're going on a date. Um, they go to a tough golf type scenario, even though both of them say they've never golfed. I don't know why they didn't choose an activity that they both enjoy. Um, she's been out of town, she tells us, for a couple of days. I'm, I wasn't sure if it was that wedding from last week or if she was out of town again. I assumed it was the wedding, and then she got back for one day, and then he had to, like, they just, yeah, they haven't had much time together. Okay. Um, okay, she's telling us that Eric was out of town, and it's been hard not spending time together. Of course, she's drinking as she's saying this. At the <laughs> <laughs> She um she only has five weeks left and there's a lot that they don't know about each other. They seem to have fun at the top golf, but I don't know about you, Abe, but it, it just seemed awkward. It did like, seem awkward. Did you notice that he gave her a whole instruction on how to golf? And then he's like, Oh yeah, I don't know how to do this. Oh, what a man's <laughs> yeah. He should have just been a coach. <laughs> so he asked her how she is. She talks about their days apart, and he says he thinks they handle it well. And that's one of the things he was worried about. Can whoever he's married to handle him being gone? He tells her, because he has to tell her how she feels, you seem to be okay with that. In fact, you've told me multiple times, and I believe you. How many times does this man do? Eric just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> and I believe you that you're okay with that. Virginia, she seems hesitant that the trip was fine, but the communication could have been better. And A, I just threw my hands up and I'm tired of these people. What You said that it was too much the last time. Now this time, you're saying that he didn't text you enough, that the frequency could have been better. And I wish they told us what the frequency was so we can judge her. <laughs> you know, I don't recall her saying that last time it was too much. It was us who said it was too much. And by she us, did. I mean me. Because <laughs> she was saying, like, which uh, a couple of people um, agreed with you that it was. Yes, because I was right. That's why a couple <laughs> of people agreed with me. <laughs> I stand by her saying, listen, these people are just three weeks in. That is the honeymoon stage, the part that you like the person you're into. You're just like, hey, what you doing? Where you up to? So I stand by what I said. But um, <laughs> so. Um, I, the way I saw it, Eric should have been happy since she's actually looking to hear from him, right? It could have been the opposite. Like, why are you texting me? But she actually cared and wanted to hear from him. But he does say that, you know, his job doesn't allow to communicate frequently. And Virginia's like, you didn't warn me about that. I, okay. Then there was a long, awkward silence. Again, which I think was probably edited. And then we move to the next scene and Virginia is making mimosas. I just say that just to prove that they're drinking again. <laughs> and <laughs> as they're talking, the knock at the door and their, their game or their questions come um, and they ask the question, what does love mean to you? 
Eric, as always, he just goes on about it being the best feeling in the world, having your person, having your best friend. And then he says he's never said, I love you to her, but has accidentally said, I love that about you. I love being with you, but he's not in love just yet, but has love for her, but it's building for sure. That was a long sentence. <laughs> it was. I very much enjoyed his interview background for this, by the way, with the airplane in the back and the, the jacket. Eric looks good. Yeah, Tane did not notice that. <laughs> <laughs> she asked him, I'll tell you this, though. Virginia does ask insightful questions. I want to say they come from her and not the producers, but every now and then she asks a question. And I'm like, that is a valid question. Mm -hmm. But she asked him if he's been in love since his marriage. He goes, no, because he dated, but he always tried to compare them to what he had. I don't know why he would open his mouth to say that to his current wife, but he did. And Virginia goes, it makes me nervous. She goes, convos like the, these make me realize, you know, our different backgrounds. His, she's telling him that, you know, your parents are still in love and you have good examples and she hasn't. And she actually gets emotional about this and starts crying. Um, she tells him also that her only good example was her sister and her partner. And Eric, oh God, this guy's a motivational TED Talk speaker. He just goes on like, he's trying to console her to be fair. And then he goes, I know I'm fortunate. I know my parents have been married almost 33 years. They're almost perfection. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. And I know it's hard for you to see. What? That was an odd statement. It's a very odd statement. And honestly, I'm like, I think it's very strange to call your parents' marriage perfection. And I'm like, did they not show you what marriage... If, if you think that there can be a perfect marriage, I'm not sure your parents showed you what a real marriage is. Yeah, I hope you're not looking for perfection. Yeah, and that that's the thing is someone is telling you that they haven't seen an example and they get nervous and this is not, you know, they're not about that life yet. And then you're telling them, this is what I'm looking for, almost perfection. This is what I, like, okay, wrong timing, dude. Like, that's just a lot of pressure. Like, I might not be able to live up to that. Are you going to be patient with me to get up to there? But it's Eric. He just wants to hear himself talk. So... <laughs> I, I think the funniest thing is I mostly liked Eric this episode. So I'm just like, wow, he really did make Tane happy this week. No, but that's the thing. I like Eric, but he's an eager person. I don't know what to do with eager people. It's just like, <laughs> take a deep breath. Every time I see Eric, all I see is like, I'm not comparing him to a dog, but it's like a dog who wants to play fetch. And it's just like, <laughs> that's all I see. So when he's talking, that's all I see. Waiting, like, throw the ball, throw the ball. Me, coach, put me in, put me in. I'm just like, okay. Calm down. <laughs> I see no lies. I see. No lies. <laughs> um, she tries to again talk to him, and she's like, "I've always wanted the serious relationship." Eric again cannot help himself. Cuts her off and says, "This is a marriage." And she goes, "Stop. Let me talk." And good on Virginia for that. Good on Virginia. <laughs> But she's scared of the rejection part. Um, this process, this is partly why she did the process. It alleviates that part. But she usually keeps people at arm's length um, like them. At this point, this would be the point where she would have run. And usually by now, she would be gone. <laughs> Eric is like, well, I mean, thanks for being here. I'm glad we're having <laughs> this talk. 
So the good thing is like, you know, they have their ups and downs, but I do actually feel like they talk about serious stuff mm-hmm. and they feel comfortable enough bringing it up and actually talking it through mm-hmm. without creating scenarios like our buddy, buddy Jake. But anyways, Eric tells us he knows his thoughts and feelings, but he worries that she might not actually know what she's done here with a marriage and what comes along with it. I do have to agree with him. Um, she tells him that she hasn't run because, well, we're married. <laughs> and Eric is like, well, that worries me. <laughs> That's the only thing keeping you here? <laughs> That's actually a real concern, you know? Yeah. I mean, yes, it's so strange because, yes, there has to be a commitment to the process. That's, you know, that's how this thing works. But Mm -hmm. to tell someone, like, I'm only here because we're married and I'm committed to the process. I'm not here for you. I can see why he's worried. Yeah. But I think the good part is there is some like. There is some like. And then knowing her background and her history, her, I, I think he should choose to see the positive that she's here. And she's actually, like, you know, doing her part. You know, so. So Eric is doing a home cooked meal at his place. He had left a note um, at their apartment for Virginia telling her to come to his condo. He asked her how she's feeling about them. She said she feels really good, but nervous. His ex-wife is his greatest love and it scares her because it is a lot to live up to. And she wants to be the great love. Um, question. Last I knew, this marriage was a paper thing, right? He said it was just formalities. When did that turn into a great love that he compares everyone to? I, uh, I, I would love to hear more about this relationship, but I do think when he talks about it just being a formality, he was talking about the marriage part. Because he's like, we never had like the big wedding or the white dress or the tux. Like, but they did go to the courthouse and get married because they were in a relationship. Um, Okay. So it's more like he, I think in his mind, it was like a long-term relationship that turned into a marriage. Not like we were married. I don't know. Okay. I mean, that's a good theory. I can see that. Okay. I was just a little confused because in my head, I was just like, oh, he was going away or something and they just did it. But okay. So Eric says he understands, but he thought it was at the time and he was not comparing. He just never felt a hint of that love with anyone until her. And Virginia goes, uh, do you feel that maybe because we're married? (laughs) And Eric starts stuttering, at least to me. But he... (laughs) But he says, you know, no, it's not because of that, because, you know, we're not forcing anything and everything has been going amazing. Girl, I nearly fell out because Virginia goes amazing. (laughs) 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 Um, But then he gets out his guitar and he plays her a song that he's written. It's not finished yet. He's just fiddling around and, you know, plays it for her. And it was pretty good. I actually thought it was pretty good. And she's looking I thought at it was good, but I just want to go back to this whole like ex-wife business. Yes, because Virginia and I totally get it. Like when you date someone who's been married before, like, or you're married to someone who's been married before, you're always like, well, they did all this stuff before with someone else, and they felt all these things with someone else. But it's also like you know that if someone isn't here. Like if this was his great love, they wouldn't have broken up. So 
Yeah, I thought that was an interesting discussion. Um, I don't know. I kind of see where she's coming from. Oh, I see where she's coming from. But I also think the logical part of your brain should be like, and she's not with him anymore. So clearly that was not the great love of his life. Yeah, that's true. But also love is not logical. That is true. Just do dumb shit. So, um, yeah, he plays her the song and she's looking at him with this googly eyes. I'm like, Eric getting some tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I'm not a serenader. And Virginia's like, if you aren't, then why are you doing this for me? I'm like, girl, just let this man have this night. Stop questioning. <laughs> <laughs> and from nowhere, he tells her that he loves her. She reaches in to kiss him. And then she goes, I love you too. And I was shocked as hell. Were you really? Shocked as hell. Yep. I uh, felt like they had signaled me with the serenading and the music. And I have something to tell you. I was like, oh, you're going to tell your lover, right? I wasn't expecting it. I was totally expecting him to go into a whole spiel of, I know you might not be there, but I totally understand. I just wanted to let you know how I feel. And I just want you to know that's totally what I was expecting. I was not expecting I love you too. But it was very cute. And you know what I appreciate about Eric? He played that guitar and he didn't sing at all. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> but yeah, so that's all we had for them. I mean, I guess I was wrong because last week I think I said, I think she's checked out. But this week they love each other. So what do I know? Nothing. She's checked them. back in. <laughs> so yeah. Do you have anything else on them? No. All right. So next up, we have Paige and Chris. Dumb and dumber. Um, <laughs> that was mean, but true. Um, Paige, we see Paige and she's meeting with Pastor Dwight. That's that's Chris's pastor from last week. And we are to believe that Pastor Dwight reached out to Paige because he was disturbed by the news that Chris is about to get a divorce. And Paige tells Pastor, you know, it's hard for me to cope with all these broken dreams. And that he literally put, booked his flight to Chicago on the flight when they were coming back. Um, Dwight advises her. He quotes some scripture. He says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I was like, I guess I don't read my Bible enough because I don't know where that is. Um, <laughs> it's in James. <laughs> oh, thank you. Welcome. That should be at Home Goods on the quote things. Oh. <laughs> Let your guess be yes and your no be no. I was like, yes, that one I've heard. Um, and he basically says Chris is unstable and <laughs> White was signing and spilling all the tea. <laughs> he said marriage is not to be played with, and he says that Paige was ready for marriage, but Chris wasn't. I was like, why do you have all this insight into Paige? Like, you don't know her. <sighs> Dwight lets us know that when he met Chris the first time he was engaged and he said it was years ago and Dwight says when he was young he, he just already desired to be married um, and Dwight says I believe you are a great fit for him if he had any chance for a successful long term relationship it was you why um, why did he say this I, I, like everything Pastor Dwight says I'm like why because his hairline that hairline was just digging deep into his brain did you notice that hairline of course I did. I'm like, is that real? Or is that something? People, you don't know what you can do with a hairline. It was sprayed on. I was trying to lick it off of my screen. Like, 
fade out. It's too close to the eyebrow. Just a tad too close. <laughs> it could it couldn't be real. Oh, oh he's sick. I hope it's not. Paige says he robbed her of a great experience. I don't actually believe that to be true. But she says, this relationship doesn't serve me anymore. She said, fool me once, fool me twice, and we're trickling into twice. Then she talked about how she doesn't, she's not 100% sure that Mercedes is pregnant. She said, he he's texting her, telling her they were going to have a sonogram. Why is Chris texting Paige they're going to have a sonogram? But then he told her they couldn't do it again for another month. But she, Paige says she doesn't think she's pregnant, but it's a sensitive subject. Dwight said, asked her, is it over between the two of them? And then he asked her what she would say if Chris wanted to give it another shot. And they don't really tell us how she responded to that. She probably spot out one of the pre-fed sayings that she always feeds us. So, As we mentioned before, at the pool party, Chris told the girls that, I mean, um, Paige told the girls that, Chris had texted her wanting to meet up and that she was going to talk to God and whatever way God led her that morning was the direction she was going to go. Yeah, the the producers are named God now. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so they meet up because God, a.k.a. the producers, told her to meet with him. Um, And he's... the, The whole vibe when they sat down is just fucking weird. It is. Um, he sits across from her. He's smirking. He looks like someone who's got a, a juicy piece of gossip that he needs to share. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, you're smiling at me today. I'm excited. Um, he tells her he was mad at her last Sunday, but he has no problems today. He's like, oh, you've had a long week to think, speaking to people, talking to people. Oh, yeah. Somebody told me, producers, that you spoke to Pastor Dwight. And Paige gives him a little rundown of the conversation. And then we see Chris in an interview and he says that Pastor, he basically says, Pastor Dwight is dead to me. <laughs> There's no way because, they could be friends. Because he went and talked to Paige and I never have anything to say to him again. I'm like, you're such a child. Um, but I, I do agree with him though. I do think that since they were friends, I do think Pastor Dwight should have told him that he was meeting with Paige. I actually agree with that. I agree with that, but I wish Chris would have provided a better explanation than, like, are you telling me your friend met with your wife and you didn't sit down and say, well, why would you go meet with my wife? Why would you not tell me about it? But I'm also like, well, Chris, where did you really hear it? Did Pastor Dwight tell you after the fact? I mean, speaking of social media, Chris did post something about his, you know, breakup with Pastor Dwight on social media this week, too. (laughs) I also think Pastor Dwight made a choice. He chose violence. He's like, I'm not friends with this dude anymore. I got nothing to lose, so. <laughs> Pastor Dwight is also, I mean, make, call it the suspicious person within me, but I'm like, you have a church. You'll not miss any opportunity to get your name and face out there to see if more people will come to your church. I know. I saw a lot of things about people wanting him to be an expert. I'm like, what did he do? What makes him so great? We're suffering enough with these experts. Let's not add another incompetent person because of a few lines. So no, I'm not on board with that. Paige asks Chris if he has a comment about it. And then Paige asks like, what's going on? This is awkward. What are we doing? Why am I here? Cause Chris said that he hasn't, nothing has changed with him since last week. And so she's like, if you don't have any new revelations since last week, then um, Paige says you're wasting my time and you're pissing me off and then she says they bleeped it out but she said fuck I'm done 
<laughs> and then we see her scurry off to go talk to the producers. And I'm glad they showed this because they show the producers telling her to say, make sure he knows, don't call me after this because I'm done. <laughs> and the producers are not really, they're whispering like they're scared. Chris is gonna hear them. <laughs> just tell him that you're done. Just tell him that and then be done. Let me get my shot. Do <laughs> you notice that the producers are like, you will not be blaming us. <laughs> we have camera evidence that we told this girl to be done with this role. But Paige, in one line, she's like, I told y'all I'm not going to do this. So that's how you know. They have a hand in it. So, but whatever. We know already, so. <laughs> she goes back and she says, I don't like my time being wasted. I don't like to waste other people's time. Why am I here? And this fool is laughing. And she goes, you got me out here looking crazy. And then he says, I'm afraid. That's why I'm defensive. I'm afraid someone else is going to raise my kid. Like, what am I losing over here? I will say this. I did kind of believe him a little bit. That's what sociopaths do. They let you believe for a second. They catch you slipping. I believe that he's truly conflicted, but it's what does that have to do with Paige? And he's like, I'm this is the part where I'm like, I don't believe it. I'm afraid that I might be happy. I'm afraid I might go through the process and fall in love. And he says, you know, I've been negligent in being a husband and I didn't come here to break to break your heart. And Paige says, I appreciate your honesty. I feel you. I hear you. Just like you, I have a lot to do. So Chris asks her, what do you want? And she says, I wanted you to give us a chance. And Chris says, we need a reset. Start over. Clean slate. Reset button. And Paige says, let's start over. And then they shake hands and say, I'm Chris and I'm Paige. And then they should have kept on going with, I'm dumb and I'm dumber. It's just sad. I, like, if ever there was a time where the experts need to intervene and be like, we are not going to let this continue because clearly Paige needs some tools. I don't know what is going on. There is no reason, none, for her to be I don't back. really have energy for them anymore. I'm just like, okay. I don't know what either of you guys is thinking, doing. Paige, you are dumb. And you know you, at least you know you look dumb. But you know you look dumb because you are dumb. I've really run out of sympathy for her. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, I feel bad, but I I don't have any... You are now allowing someone to treat you like this. You are not bound by anything. You lived without him for a solid week or two in that dang apartment by yourself. And your end result, you met with his freaking mother of his child. And your end result is, oh, let me continue, let me start over with him. Like, as if you weren't there when he was broken up with by the person he left you for? Like we said earlier, God led her to meet with Chris. The devil told her that they need to start over. So, (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) there's nothing else. She's like, you you got me looking crazy out here. You're making yourself look crazy. Like, I, 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 yeah, I don't have words. I, I really don't. Like, if she still has to film, again, I ask. Why is she not filming with her family and friends? Where are her great friends from the wedding? I hope they'll make another appearance to just kind of sit there and look at her sideways and say without saying, you know, we love you, but you're real dumb. 
That's just crazy. Nothing about this is going to end well. Oh, God. We already saw the preview for next week. Of course not. Like, how can you just act like Mercedes doesn't exist anymore? We just saw it last week. <laughs> this is just bizarre. At this point, I'm like, are they, like, insulting us? Ah, those vibes, though. There's, there's, that is, those are two deeply damaged people. Yeah, there is. As a side note, though, did you think uh, Pastor Dwight and Paige had some chemistry going? Maybe, but Pastor Dwight is married. No, I know. I'm just talking about chemistry. You can have chemistry when you're married. <laughs> Not like I'm saying, like, they went, got together. I just felt like there was an energy there i feel i wonder if that is like page when she's not being weighed down by all this bs like this is the real page this is the page we could always have i don't know if it's chemistry or if it's just like her true personality yeah we got a glimpse of it before she got married she was very bubbly remember she was so excited Mm-hmm. Oh, poor girl she was rubbed of an experience but I, there was something pastor dwight said that is so true like just how this is going to affect her. Like it could, you know, do some, he didn't say it exactly, but just saying in some way, like he could do some damage and it could bring her down or whatever. And that's why I'm really just harping on the fact that the experts need to get her out of it. Like it's an emergency at this point. So I don't know. It's asking for too much. I know better, but yeah. So on to Brianna and Vincent. We don't, well, the only thing we have with them um, is the, the, you know, the letter um, with the questions. And he asked her, how will you know when you're in love? Butterflies? And she said, when I no longer look for flaws and accept that person wholeheartedly. That was interesting. Because she, she mentioned she always looks for flaws in people. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, yeah. And he agreed with her and he said he liked what she said about flaws and B says it's a feeling that can come over you. And honestly, the music started and I was like, oh, this is when they're going to say I love you. Because <laughs> the music gave it away. Vinny says, we've both given in and he thinks they'll be using the L word, the love word, pretty soon. And Brianna just says, I love you now and I'm still growing in love with you. And Vincent says, I would say I'm also in love with you as well and it's growing. And they make, makes, she says it makes me feel good and... Vincent is happy they're in the same place. He's the happiest he's been in a long time. It was really nice. Vincent's eating guacamole. She comes in. She kisses him. Then she says, did I get guacamole? And then they do Spanish words of the day. And there's four words on that board. There's amigos, agua, cama. I'm like, oh, those are easy. And then he has bicycle, bicicleta on there. And I'm like, that's kind of, you know, it's like A word, A word, A word, D word. Like, it's a little advanced. (laughs) Vincent says he needs a minute and he goes out the apartment and then he brings in a bike that he got for Brianna and she's so happy. And they flash back to the wedding where he said he rides his bike and she said, I want a bike. And he's like, I got you a basket for cookie and lights and a bell. It's a decked out bike. I mean, the way he remembers cookie, major points. Major. And that bike was so pretty. It was. It was. So Brianna has arranged for them to go to salsa. Bree says she mentioned she used to be a dancer. Like, that's how you get that slamming body. Um, (laughs) Vincent is nervous, but as a married man, he has to sacrifice and do this thing. We see them with the instructor. It's real bad. (laughs) Like, 
it's one of those things where you can go in and just do your best and have a good time and relax. Or you could be like Vincent and just, he's like, I'm frustrated. I'm hot. I'm not good at this. Um, like I'm good at different types of dance, but salsa is not one that I'm used to. So they end the class, they go sit down and she was like, uh, you know, we'll come back. We'll, you know, we'll keep, you know, we'll keep doing this. And he's just looks bitter and mean and is like, salsa is the least dance I know how to dance. And she's like something new for both of us. And she asked him if he's okay. And it's no. And the whole thing is very uncomfortable and very, very, um, it's so unattractive on Vinny's part. Yeah. Life is meant to be enjoyed, like no matter what it is. And this is like not like I is it like a camera thing? Like, is it the fact that he knows that he's gonna be on TV that I think makes it worse? Like if it was just real life and it was just him, instructor and Brianna, would he be able to chill? Ah, that's a good angle. Because I I, I think he just has it probably just increases it. I think he already has this insecurity issues or whatever issues he's dealing with. And this just makes it, it highlights it, I guess. Yeah. It was sad. And yeah, it was sad. It was, it was. And uh, he needs to relax with it because she can't keep catering to him. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I, as a viewer, when she came in with the guacamole and kissed him and she said, do I have guacamole in my mouth? My heart stopped. I'm like, oh God, is Vin going to get mad that she's saying something about the way he eats, that it was in his mouth, even though it's nothing, but that's how I feel. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a viewer. So now you plan something fun and there's really nothing to it. What is there to be mad about? There was not money on the line. It was not a competition. It was just fun. Like, I don't know. That's deep. That, and it's, you, you know how you have to, like, work on yourself before you, you go partner with somebody else? Yeah. Like, he's got to solve this. And it has nothing to do with Brianna or what she says or what she does. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's got to solve this. Yeah. But, it's, but, but, you know, it might be something he probably didn't even know about himself. And then now he's on TV, he notices it, then, you know, he can work on it. I always say, like, marriage is a mirror. Like, you get to find out stuff about yourself, so... Hopefully, and he seems like an overall decent guy. So, you know, I, I don't think it's something that he can't not work on, hopefully. I hope he realizes how he, like, ruins the fun. <laughs> it's okay. Like, so. <laughs> maybe next week they'll start with this and maybe he will relax. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see if they do what they did last time where they pick up right where they left off because... It did feel like they never finished the conversation at Salsa. Like, we started, and then we kind of stopped in the middle. Yeah, but I think they address it because in the preview for next week, there was something to that effect about it that was mentioned. So, yeah. Well, it's kind of sad to end on such a sad note, but that was it for the show this week. (laughs) Well, one last thing. Did you see a confessional? Vinny had hair. He looked like a completely different person. I miss this. Oh, he had hair, and I was like, whoa, take it off, Vinny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pay attention next time, because I want to see what Vincent looks like with hair. Yeah, he did. I wonder what happened for him to grow the hair. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I was going to say, I mean, we've talked about this on our social media, but this season, we've talked about the vibe of the couples as a whole, but we have... The men, I don't know. Everyone seems to come with a lot of baggage. 
I don't, and everyone has baggage. I'm not saying that, but this is the importance of what you just said a few minutes ago, where you have to work on yourself before you come on. I hate to compare them, but look at Woody. Woody, you know, went to therapy, was aware of certain things. I'm not saying that it was perfect for them, but they brought the fun. Woody and Amani would dance and no one's going to get mad that they look stupid. They just did it for fun. Amelia and Bennett, they embraced their quirkiness and it was just fun. When I watch these people, my heart is in my throat. I'm like, who's going to get mad? Why am I worried about guacamole? Eh? And I think more importantly, who is having fun? Yes. Like Ryan and Clara probably would, uh, maybe Erica Virginia too, were having the most amount of fun this week, but it wasn't that much. It didn't even seem fun. He was coaching her on something he knows nothing about. <laughs> she just wanted to drink. <laughs> and I think you're right. Ryan and Clara have like the most potential because as much as Ryan is a stickler, he is willing to do things you know, that he wouldn't, like, I don't know if you've met people who are very strict about their diet, eating those donuts, I was shocked that he participated, <laughs> I thought he was just going to stare at her, but he participated, and was saying, oh, this one's good, I'll try this one with you, so I think he's open to it, but I, you, there's no fun, I want to see fun, I want to see the cheesy moments, and Bree and Vinny are people, but every other second, he mad. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know they need to um, pick that up because I want the joy of maps and you know that essence is missing the couples are so um, focused on looking good I guess because every time we see them someone's saying oh things are really good oh things are great and you know it's until they split apart then they talk about stuff I don't know it's just the authenticity is missing too I have no idea why that is. I don't know if it's... I mean, I assume most of it is actually due to the people that they cast. Mm-hmm. But I also am like, okay, well, they're three weeks in of an eight-week thing, so we got five weeks more. Like, maybe people can relax, have some fun, fall in love. <sighs> this is going to sound mean. I'm so glad this is not the cast that we had last year where it was extended. <laughs> I don't know if I made it to <laughs> Um, so yeah, well, I mean, hopefully they pick it up. Let's just blame COVID. It's this way because of COVID. Let's just blame everything on COVID. So, all right, Aid, who has your bouquet for the week? Virginia and Eric get my bouquet for the week. They had a sweet moment. They said, I love you. They had a really good conversation about what love means, where they were both very genuine and very vulnerable. Um, and I think it's going to lead to good things for them. So they get my bouquet for the week. Who gets your bouquet? Pastor Dwight. (laughs) And he gets my bouquet because he chose the right thing versus blind loyalty to his friend. I still think he went about it the wrong way, but I appreciate him just speaking the truth about his guy and not trying to find excuses about what he did. And maybe he did this, maybe he did that. He was just honest about it. And who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes go to Clara for trying to find faults and troubles where there is none. (laughs) Okay. Who has yours? Um, the many, many awkward silences that the producers fed us this episode. I did not <laughs> like it. I think they realized like it's like some kind of angle, but it was way too much. 
this time and I, I didn't like it. We love getting reviews from you guys and we have reached a place now where we get so many reviews that we can't read them all, but we love them and we appreciate them and we do read them all. We just can't read them all um, on the show, but we have picked some favorites to read this week. Jen613, spot on. Love you ladies. Your commentary is spot on. I feel like I'm with a couple of friends, so kudos to you for keep for making it seem so effortless. The only problem is that when I'm listening to you before I fall asleep, the mattress bounces up and down from my attempt to laugh silently while my husband is sleeping. Thanks for all the laughs. You're, <laughs> you're welcome, and, and that made us laugh. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Our next review says, great podcast. I really enjoy your podcast. Very funny. And you all are very observant with everything you pick up from the show. I miss Clara's bottles of Gas X. My wife turned me on to watching the show. I work in construction and listen to podcasts throughout the day. I curiously searched for a maps podcast and there you were. You cracked me up. You may not have many, but you have at least one male construction working podcast listener. Keep on, ladies. P.S. Virginia could outdrink most of my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your comment. Thank you. That is it for this week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Yes, we're available anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever platform you listen to. And if you have any comments, we would love to hear it. Feel free to drop it at any of our handles. See you next week. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com.